Hi, everybody. And welcome to That's Life, the show where we are the only people to run a half marathon and actually gain weight. Good afternoon, folks, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, writer and general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here every Thursday at 2 p.m. as I hope to bring you a little entertainment, a little news, and a little relief that the life you are leading is not nearly as wacky as mine. Coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side, I am joined by my handy-dandy partner, Avrami. What's up, birthday boy? Hey, how's it going? We never actually discussed your birthday on the air. Well, let me be the first person to today congratulate you on making it through the marathon. <laughs> I was tuned in at the time, but you were busy. I couldn't call. And I'm sure no one else today has congratulated you. <laughs> so I am the first. Thank you. And Biazrat Hashem, next year, Amen. the full marathon. Okay. You know, <laughs> you sound like Nachum. And I said, right, I'll run the 26 when you run the 13. Uh-huh. Right. So if I, you know, I have to tell you something. I have no interest in running 26 miles. The fact, Just knowing that I could run from my house to Manhattan is, is not normal. I don't need that. Well, not if you're carrying stuff. That's true. And by the way, I also don't have the patience to run 26 miles. That's five, you know, for me, it's possibly like almost under five hours of running. I'd get bored. I think under like at probably a 16 or 17, I'd probably be like, dude, this is stupid and just leave. Somebody had a T-shirt, by the way, during the marathon that said, because 26.2 is just stupid. <laughs> there were a lot of funny signs that day. But by the way, you know, we never discussed your birthday. So happy birthday. Well, thank you very much. I'm two times high now. Scratch off cards. Oh, my Woo! goodness. <laughs> Party. Scratch off cards. Happy birthday. Lottery oh, wow. scratch. Did I even say happy birthday on it? Come All on. Right. Those are classy. Cakes. Yeah. There's very a, nice. There's a lot of food going on here today. <laughs> there's a lot of food. You have to do it now. Okay, I have to find a, something to scratch it with. Here, we got these pennies that Nachum keeps oh, okay. over here. By the way, what are these pennies for? Scratch-offs? Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say, I, I don't I don't know otherwise what their use is, but I guess having pennies handy um, in case of emergency or scratch-off cards are always necessary here in the studio. If you are a new listener to the show, stand by as Avrami scratches off. Avrami, you know, you should put your mic closer so people can hear the scratching. Really? Uh, why not? I thought that might be annoying to the listener. No, why is that any more annoying than when I ruffle the uh, rustle the plastic of my fortune cookie? You know, does this translate well? Is it going? Can you hear it? Yeah, I can hear it. <laughs> this is fun. Oh, this is a broken fortune cookie. Uh, dead air, dead air, dead air. Oh, one second. But now I can't hear it. I can hear a little bit more. Okay, I'm working on it. You are working on it. All right, so we will stand by with that. If you are a listener, new listener to the show. Thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. And if you are a returning listener, thanks as always for making us part of your day. If Miriam L. Wallach once a week is just not enough for you, do what Schmully Goldman does. Visit me on my blog at jaythatslife.com. You can friend me on Facebook. You can shoot me an invite on LinkedIn. You can also email me, miriam at nachamsegel.com. I will respond to you after the show because, frankly, I am so excited to see if I've... Did you win anything? I'm working on it. What, what happened the first one? Well, I wanted to save it till there. If it Are was you good serious? News. Oh my gosh! All right, so I can't respond to your emails during the show because, frankly, we are too busy with the scratch-off games. Let's go to our favorite segment. What does the fortune cookie say? All right, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. Uh, if I had a drum roll, I would do that. You know, we need a drum roll in here, by the way. We might have one somewhere. I didn't know you would want to have one. I do. You know what? Actually, I think Zomic installed uh, a um, a drum roll on my iPad. Okay, here it is. You may love the small ones, but win the big ones. I have no idea what that means. I don't. I have no idea. You may love the small ones, but win the big ones. What does that mean? Is that like a, like an arcade when you're like playing skee ball? I think it would make more sense the other way. 
You know, like you may want the big ones, but love the small ones. But you ones. win the small ones, or something like meaning that, like even though you have, you know, be happy with the little things. But that's obviously not what that's saying. Do we have a defective fortune cookie? So, I think we do. All right. Well. All right. Well, I've got some bad news. And no. Some good news. All right. All right. Break it to me gently. All right. The bad news is, or you know, I didn't win any money. But and the good news is, is that I appreciate very much that you were so thoughtful for my birthday. So that's yay. the important thing. See, I wanted the to win the big thing, uh-huh. but instead You're appreciating the small things. Exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. By the way, those aren't like major tickets. Like either one is only worth a hundred bucks. It's I know the- it's a hundred bucks that you didn't have this morning, <laughs> but now you don't have it either. But I'm happy you appreciated the sentiment. And by the way, shout out also to our fearless intern Yael Lassen, who uh, enjoyed. Her birthday, her 21st. Oh, mazel tov. I know. Big props to Yael. She turned 21 over winter break. So happy birthday to her. Let's take care of some business. Here are the national holidays for today. <laughs> it's bubblegum day. I know. Not bad, right? That's a pretty good one. I used to eat gum. I don't like gum at all. Yeah. Yeah. Until um, my grandmother said it makes people look like horses when they eat it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, fine. I'm not going to eat it anymore. <laughs> All right, that's classy. Uh, it's also car insurance day. So basically, if you don't have any car insurance, please stay off the road or go get some. Call Geico. What's her name? Flo from 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 uh, Progressive? We use USAA, so. Uh, who was in the Army in your family? My mother-in-law. There you go. For Air no- Force. Yeah, by the- oh, really? Yep. That's pretty cool. We As growing up, we used USAA because my grandfather was a captain in the Navy during World War II. He was actually, he commanded a ship in the Pacific. In the, in the South Pacific. He was at Iwo Jima when they hoisted the flag. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. They actually, there's a great story, not that I digress, but there's a great story where they wanted him to be part of the group who hoisted the flag, and they're like, Eisenberg, you know, go out and whatever, and he's like, there are snipers out there. So he um, <laughs> he could have been one of, those, one of those people in the monument, but thank God my poppy was very practical. Um, it's also G.I. Joe Day. Oh, fun, right? Can you imagine G.I. Joe and Bubblegum all in one day? It's also... Um, give kids a smile day. All right, not bad. It's Freedom Day. It is Robinson Caruso Day. Not sure how you celebrate that. I have no idea. I can't figure that one out. Um, because I'm not reading Treasure Island or anything else or some other getaway kind of a book kind of thing. Um, and it's Wear Red Day. I which is actually tomorrow. Sorry, Wear Red Day is the first Friday of the month of February. Leading up to Valentine's Day, is that what it would be? I don't know. She, I mean, as great as she is, there's no research about that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, crazy follows me everywhere. Um. Oh, our first guest is here. We will talk to her in a second. But crazy follows me everywhere, and you can imagine that um, our trip to Florida, where we had two shows for Team Yahad in Miami, led to led to I should say because that would be English, led to a lot of hijinks especially because I was in Florida alone with my six kids and my do- one of my daughters brought a friend. So it was myself and Sarah Rummy, if anybody could see Rummy's face, because off the air we were talking about how Rummy took his two kids to the pediatrician and and uh, for well visits, which is not a fun experience if you're a parent, not at all. So instead I flew with seven kids by myself, had to get through security and, um, while we all went down together to Florida, including my husband, he actually left to Israel in the middle of the trip because we had a bar mitzvah, and I stayed in Florida with the kids and then proceeded to my... I know. Can I tell you something? <laughs> I'm listening to myself say it now. What am I out of my mind? Anyway, so let's just say that not everything went smoothly. There was a lot of tension and whatever else, and um, I'm the poster child for why uh, being a voluntary single parent is not a great idea. I'm just I'm just saying very practically, it's 
it's it's it's challenging. But um, the most challenging part was really the flight back because with the rental car and the this and having to switch terminals from where you return the rental car in Fort Lauderdale and get everybody over there with all their stuffed animals and blankies and everything else and get on this plane, get through security, have everyone with their shoes. I mean, it was it was a moment. So right before we were about to go through security and everything. Oh, and the bags. What a nightmare. Anyway, right before we go through security, I realized I don't have my cell phone. So as much as I had made sure to take everything else out of the car, seems I left my cell phone on the seat. So God bless my daughter. She somehow or another knew how to do something funky with my iPhone in which she locked the phone remotely from my iPad, put in a code on the front of my phone so that it would pop up from my iPad that says phone lost if found, call this number, which was her cell number, within a minute. And it also makes this crazy sound. So anybody who hears the sound finds the phone, sees the message on the front, and then calls that number wherever you're located. And that's exactly what happened. Within a minute, an Avis representative called that number and was bringing the phone back to me at the terminal. Not before I had already tried to get on a shuttle to the Avis (laughs) desk, which is located in another terminal. And then I realized I had to go back and turn around and whatever. So meanwhile, that was enough hijinks. And I was totally stressed out. By the time we get on the plane and they let people with kids, you know, um, board first, I'm sitting on the plane with the seven kids and we're all buckled in and whatever else. And all of a sudden my daughter's cell phone rings and it's the Delta counter where we just checked in at the gate asking if Mrs. Wallach has all of her children. And my daughter's like, what? And hands me the phone. And I said, hi, may I help you? And they said, "Um, hi, this is the Delta counter at gate seven. We just want to confirm that you have all your children. I'm like, what? And she said, there's a child here. Did you leave a child behind? I'm like, did I leave a child behind? So she said, yes. Did you? She said, we think you left your child behind. I'm like, I'm doing a head count. They're all here. And I'm counting over and over and over again, trying to imagine if I gave birth to another child that I didn't remember or if I'm really missing somebody. But no, thank God all seven were there. And I said, no, I'm looking at all my kids. They're all here. And she said, no, I think you left your child here. I'm like, ma'am, I am telling you right now, we just did a head count. We're all here. And so she said, hold on one second. She speaks to someone else. She goes, oh, it's someone else's child and says, sorry about that and hangs up the phone. Well, meanwhile, for the next hour, not only are my nerves completely shot, but I'm counting my kids over and over again, trying to figure out if I really had left somebody behind. Anyway, so I'd like to thank Delta for um, completely making me convinced that I had totally lost it. And I'd also like to thank Mucinex who uh, got me through the race pretty well because I was sick as a dog last Shabbos. You can tell I'm still a little bit coldy, but Baruch Hashem, everything is well. You are listening to That's Life, live from the home office of the Nachum Siegel Network. I am Miriam L. Wallach here on the stream at NachumSiegel.com, and it is time to welcome my first guest. Hello, Shifra Klein, editor of Joy of Kosher magazine. I, I, I love having Shifra on, even though, very honestly, of course, it makes Avrami upset that she never comes with food, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, I get the hints. Yeah. Okay, next I, time. By the way, we don't hint. We just come right out and say, you know. It's not personal. It's me. not personal. I'm upset at everyone who works in food that doesn't bring food. Right. Oh, and by the way, okay. we didn't even play our theme song because Shifra uh, is the first guest of a themed program today. Are you serious? We did this whole I'm thing. We prepped it. it. I'm working on it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we don't have the drum roll, and now we don't have the theme song? We do. You were just, what? Stop. Okay. Yep, even though I'm the only one who gains weight after a marathon or as a result of a marathon, this entire show is dedicated 
to food. We have Schiffer Klein from Joy of Kosher. We have Gary Landsman from the Kosher Food and Wine Experience. And Rabbi Yehoshua Marchuk from NCSY is bringing me the chocolate cake that he promised me after I finished the marathon. If you checked out my... I know, by the way, it's a little sad, but I'm totally excited. So someone's bringing food today. Exactly. And by the way, Grumpy, I did bring you a bagel and cream cheese and a Danish. So I'm not upset at you. Oh. <laughs> right. His anger is only directed at you. It's not really an anger. It's, no, it's a resentment. It's a little resentment. Schiffer, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. And I have to tell you, I, I mean, I think I say this every single time you come on, but dude, it's it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic issue for simply Thank for you. a couple of reasons. First of all, I, I'm thinking I'm making a rule that you can't come back unless you bring, um, of Rummy's friend, uh, Steven Weinberg. Right, right. Yeah, okay. um, that's it. That's it. I mean, okay, the man time. made his own sauerkraut. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, why? I think that would be the first question. Why did he make his own? Because he could? Because he wanted to? I mean, I think, like, especially now, there's such a big deal about people are so into um, keeping things, you know, whole foods and keeping things as organic as possible. Right. So doing things yourself, it always skips over that processed type of product and you make it yourself there's something very fulfilling about it and and making anything yourself we also have homemade vanilla extract oh but and yeah, which is go, re- which going. is really cool and making something yourself like saves you tons of money yep it saves you that whole um wondering what went on in the factory so you know ah. exactly what's going on it's a don't ask don't tell policy yeah, and it's like this whole foodie type of thing to do well you know? i want you to know something i've been making vanilla extract for years oh for okay. one reason because my aunt who lives in Yerushalayim, hello Aunt Debs, uh, my aunt who lives in Yerushalayim has been making her own extract because alcohol in Israel is so cheap okay. that she buys a bottle of Absolute, she goes to the Shook, she buys vanilla beans and calls it a day. Exactly. So it lasts I, forever. Oh, so last, I don't know, a couple years ago, I was in her kitchen. I'm like, what you got going on in the bottle? <laughs> <laughs> so she told me exactly what it was. And I said, that is the smartest thing ever because vanilla extract, pure vanilla extract is so expensive. Exactly. And... um. And for when people don't realize is that it's just alcohol and vanilla beans. Exactly. So every time we go to Israel, I'm buying more and more vanilla beans. And my husband, as a gift, bought me a the biggest bottle of vodka that you <laughs> could absolutely imagine. It's like a liter and a half. Oh, wow. And I have this bottle. And I actually, it's at amazing. this point, I'm at the end of it. But people are also misled because all of a sudden they see the bottle and they're like wow that smells great i want to take a shot of it I'm oh like, yeah exactly okay yeah my five-year-old son made that mistake oh so, yeah. yeah i mean so it smells really good it smells amazing sweet, oh but it's not no it is bitter and and everybody's like oh this doesn't taste good i'm like who asked you to try it uh-oh now just how long do you have to leave ah, it together before it's usable Shifra? you leave it you leave it until it turns brown it takes like it takes a few months, I think. Well, actually, it took me it took me about three to four weeks, but the longer okay. for for the color to really change. But um, the longer it sits is the the intensification of the alcohol and continues. the flavor, yeah, right? Intensifies, right? So, um, but it's it's and it's yeah. so much cheaper. Even in New York, if you buy the vanilla beans, oh, which totally. are not cheap, you but can order it online in bulk. Really? Yeah. Where? Just Google it. And really. Yeah. That's a cheaper way of doing it. And uh, I mean, and between the sauerkraut and the make your own vanilla extract, yeah. I mean, these are all, and you and you talk about this throughout the magazine, these are Shalach Manus ideas. Right. So we decided that instead of doing just one article on Shalach Manus, right, or like, you know, a few random baskets, we took each feature that we did and turned it into like how you could take that 
in- recipe and turn it into shalachmanes. So, so smart and creative. Extract, make your own and just give it out. Such it's, a great idea. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and really throughout, and I mean, even the wine pairings. Like you did this whole, I love this picture on the, for the, uh, the cheese pairings yeah. on page 18. By the way, you should just know that just seeing somebody <laughs> having written chalk on a chalkboard <laughs> totally gave chill. me the chills. <laughs> As a teacher, I was never able to write on a chalkboard. And even like 15 years ago, I would walk around with a dry erase board. I you just, used to walk around with it. Yeah, because wow. I couldn't, I can't. I yeah, mean, it does. All the OTs out there is like, oh, she has sensory issues. <laughs> um, but I could never do it. But anyway, call a Kavod to whoever has really, was this your handwriting? What? No, I have to give credit to my food stylist, Hi oh. Friedman. Well, did a great job. Yeah. So just taking these ideas. I mean, could you imagine if I made a shalach manos with tomatoes, fresh mozzarella, and basil and yeah, gave somebody as a gift? Exactly. I'm the coolest person ever. Exactly. And also the... Um, the letters that people wrote in at the beginning of oh, their- those were like incredible, such good ideas. Yes, tell awesome. me right different, um, different interesting shalach manas that people got. Yeah, um, how many entries did you get? Oh, we got so many. I mean, we wrote it on Facebook and on the website on okay. joyofkosher.com, and so we must have gotten over a hundred people writing different ideas. So we had to like sort through it. Right, there were still so many other good ideas, but I love the the lady who wrote how she got her shalach manas on Pesach. Right, oh. that was like. Hysterical. That was a riot. Yeah. And wait, wait a second. Where was my fun? Oh, this one I loved the most. It was a jail theme. All the kids were wearing oh, stripes, yeah. stripes I, and gave out bread and water. Exactly. I'm like, oh, genius. I bread love and water. Right. <laughs> or to me, it's like, you know. Oh, bread and water. Like. Yeah, because I have to be honest. I mean, if we're, if we're confessing and it seems I'm the only one confessing, but that's okay. Purim is such a hassle. It makes me nuts. What with all the. It's making, a lot yeah, of work for is. one Day and in our family, each kid you know is allowed to and is encouraged to deliver shalachmanas to their friend. So we we try to keep the list down to six or seven kids a person. But Baruch Hashem, you're busy running around the whole day. It's forty five shalachmanas from the kids before I do <laughs> anything. And then of course there's somebody who mans the house. There's somebody who drives yeah. the kids. <laughs> it comes up with a system and it's very stressful. So yeah. I'm like, oh, bread and water. We're so doing bread and water. That's yeah. fair. It's cute that it was a theme. Yeah. No, no. I love was... the person who, there was this guy, he made like a barbecue grill in the back of a pickup truck right. and walked around. That's like, that was really cool. Yeah. There were a, a bunch of them I thought were hysterical. He's invited to come to my community. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, <laughs> just if you could actually deliver those shalachmanas for me, that would make me very happy. Here, one second. There was another one that I thought was um, hysterical. One second. Oh, this one. By Tamar Tesler, she writes, My daughter Chava presented her mishloch manot upside down, v'nahafohu. Everything was glued, hanging from a yeah, plate. really creative. I think that that's, <laughs> uh, that was a great idea. So the entire issue um, starts with the sandwich cookies on the front, how they're the new cupcake. Yes. I mean, really? Well, it is. Why not? I don't know. I mean, because there are <laughs> no, cupcake well, wars. Cu- are yeah, there, no. I mean, cupcake there are cupcake is, wars on, yeah. on television. Are we now going to have right. sandwich cookie wars? And Joy of Kosher is actually doing a... Um, being part of a cupcake war in Five Towns. Right. And actually, um, Randy Wartelski is covering that today on Something to Talk About. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but either way. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> but so let's basically, focus. I mean, the idea of a cupcake, it's like this incredible pastry that has so many flavors and people have so much fun with it. And that was the idea for these Oreo cookies as well. It was. So, yeah. And it's funny when so I. So many different flavors. The cinnamon ginger one is incredible. It's what? really like worth. Cinnamon ginger. Yeah. Very great. It's it's really good. When I first saw the issue, I was like, macaroons? Yeah. That's what people thought. Right. And then it I'm like. It does look like macaroons. Right. But then I, then I did, a, I did a, a double take because I'm like, there's no way Shifra's covering macaroons now. Thank you. 
<laughs> honey. You right. got it. <laughs> For those people who know, macaroons are so last year. Yeah, that's last year. Yeah, very much last year. So we have all this exciting stuff. And then the popcorn section. Yeah. It's Hysterical. Just so, yeah. Tell and, me and about another, it. That's another great chalkmanist idea. It's also another trend is gourmet popcorn. You know where I realized that? When where? I went to... Um, Oh my gosh! In in Brooklyn, in, when I went to Parties on the oh, on the exactly. menu, he has it's like right. is is funky popcorn exactly. And the first time I went to Parties, which is a phenomenal restaurant, yeah, great experience, great experience for the whole soup to nuts. Yeah, yeah, the entire thing is great. I'm like, there's popcorn on the menu. <laughs> okay, so tell me about the different kinds of popcorn we got. So here. we have these this... are not your, your. This is not your Orville Rettenbacher. What? No, this, no. This is like right. really gourmet. Right. But it really takes popcorn to a whole other level. The one with the kale chips, smoked paprika, it's incredible. Kale chips. Yeah. And yeah, that's another- Yep. Big trend. Big trend. Big trend. we have a recipe how you could do it yourself at home. I saw that because I have never perfected kale chips. Mm -hmm. um, But my kids eat kale, like I'll braise kale and my kids will eat it. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like spinach. Well, I I think it's actually- It's like more, it's like thicker- Right, it's a little heartier. Heartier, yeah. Um, I also better word, yeah. Um, (laughs) It's a good thing my master's in English comes in healthy for something. Um, But I also mix it with cooked farro. Okay. And then if I'm making something milchix, I'll put in some feta. But I've done that with I've done the farro, which, by the way, if people are listening, like, why is she talking about farro? (laughs) No, it's F A R R O. It's a whole grain, and it's amazing. It's delicious. So I've done that with the kale chips, roasted butternut squash, and chickpeas. Oh, wow. That's good. Isn't that a good combo? Yeah. Thank you. You see, Schiffer Klein just gave me a <laughs> thumbs up. And the mint, chocolate, and lavender popcorn. Yep. People are going to be like, lavender? Yeah, a little bit goes a long way. It gives a nice floral flavor and notes to the popcorn, and it goes very well with the chocolate. We all munched on it during the photo shoot. Really? So, yeah. It I worked. It went it. over well? Yeah. Now, what about the stuffed section? Where did so, that come from? That's just the idea was, you know how a lot of people have um, eat kreplach or like stuffed dough on Purim? Right. So we wanted to just take it and make it a little bit more, put a twist on it and make it more gourmet. And Laura Frankel. Chef, she, chef yeah, Laura Chef Frankel. Laura Frankel. <laughs> so she was the perfect person to do it. She did a great job. And it's really like gourmet. She even wrote how to make your own dough. Right. So I'm looking um, at this. Yeah. Do I really need a, a, a pasta you roller? To, you don't have to. I can roll it out you by hand, right? You can roll it out by hand, Yeah. And then I just cut we the wrote, shapes. Yeah, we we wrote. I yeah. just cut the shapes. Exactly. That's, that sounds like a lot of fun. And then, by the way, I'm going to skip the cowboy one for a second. The hamantash in three ways. Yeah. I remember last Purim issue, you were stuffing crazy things in the hamantash. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you argued that anything tri-cornered or whatever <laughs> was good to go. Now, just when I thought I had seen everything, there's the mashed potato hamantash with caramelized onion filling that the dough is made out of potatoes. Yeah, it's basically like, like a, a gnocchi. Baked- Baked mashed potato, almost a baked shape, mashed potato in the shape of a hamantashen. That is, yeah, interesting. Very, and the challah hamantashen. All right, talk to me about the challah hamantashen. It's just take your favorite challah dough, and um, I'm giving away so many secrets to everyone out there. But um, take your favorite challah dough and make it into the shape of a hamantashen and serve it. You can make little ones and have it like on everyone's plate when they come in, and you could fill it with anything. You could do pesto. We did. Um, onions and peppers, but you can do whatever you want. And it's a great, you it's know. It's adorable. Yeah, it's cute. It go, It's like very festive. It goes with the Purim theme. And especially because Purim and Shabbos almost overlap. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, well, we, re- we read Megillah for uh, Matzah oh, Shabbos. Right, 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 that's right. Yeah, so, I mean, we really, oh, my computer just shut itself down. Fantastic. <laughs> I love when that happens. But let's go on in the issue. We are looking at Joy of Kosher, the February-March 
2013 issue that is available at joyofkosher.com. That's right. And also, tell me about the uh, online magazine again. You can find it on... Oh, um, Jewish eBooks. Right, Jewish eBooks. You can download it um, and then have it on all your... On your iPad. Yeah, iPad, exactly. Exactly. Now, let's go to the section I've been looking forward to for yes, months. Yes, that was inspired by you. Thank <gasps> well, you. I'm so excited. <laughs> I saw this last night. I'm like, it's here. It's here. The winter comfort dinners section includes fantastic recipes, including butternut squash and leek tortellini. Yes. Which was out of this you world. You vouch for it. Yeah, I can totally vouch for it. And um, I want to, where's the, where's the other one I absolutely, oh, here, my gosh, the warm cardamom spiced pear and quince crisp. Yeah, that was great. All of which was donated. I shouldn't say donated, was submitted. <laughs> What's the right word? They're all good. Okay. Yeah. The, all of which was submitted by Jason Cohn. That's right. Who is a graduate of Johnson & Wales University and was one of my birth writers. It's really, it's really cool how it came to be. So tell me, so just so that everybody knows, tell everybody what happened while I plug in my computer. What? Well, you were telling me about the chef you met on Birthright. And so we got in touch and he did this incredible article for us uh, with winter seasonal, it was a winter seasonal menu. Right. And really great dishes. What I loved the best was... Like you said, the butternut squash. And it really like was, I think it's also something interesting that I'm seeing a lot is using vegetables as a sauce. Like instead of using cheese and cream, we use the butternut and leeks. I've seen, I was recently in Israel, I saw beets, like uh, just a beet puree as the sauce. Really? Yeah, they put a little bit of cream, but it was very much beets. Wow. And it it was like a hot pink plate. Yeah, the color was like interesting. Pepto-Bismol almost. Really? That's got to be a little jarring. Maybe, yeah. It was good though. That's it was very funny, good. and it's just interesting. It's a different way of thinking about pasta, right? That yeah. the oppor- that the uh, that the opportunity of taking vegetables, pureeing them, exactly. Into that is enough. You don't need your can of this or your exactly. jar of this or your bottle of cream or whatever. You have all of that. To just you know, the creaminess yeah. is is uh, brought to you by the butternut squash. And by the way, that combination, the butternut squash and the sage, yeah, really good. The leeks, that's really it. good. It was just incredible. Did it surprise you? What? Yeah. Yeah. I always, I love doing the magazine. It's so much fun because we prepare all the food and then we get to taste it and like really learn a lot about different flavor combinations and how things work. So different cooking techniques. So it's a lot of fun. And the, um, the by the way, you should know that my kids now refer to that as Jason noodles. Oh, Jason noodles? Yes. That's cute. <laughs> oh, mommy, you made Jason noodles? And, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes, I did. And then of course it's always, these aren't as good as Jason's. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You roast the leeks next time. Um, and also the braised lamb shank with sweet and savory caponata. That's right. So when Jason made it at my house, we made it with chicken because we were serving 30 people. And I yeah, wasn't buying lamb buy, shank yeah. for 30 people. I love you guys, but no. So that's also become Jason Chicken. Oh, cool. And right. you tasted it? No. No. I, I didn't. Maybe you took a little bit of the vegetables. I but ta- no. Right. Before oh, he, did. Before oh, before he you... put it over the chicken. Oh, so you're really hardcore. Well, I mean, I eat fish. Okay. So there are plenty of people who would call me, I mean, Stan, one of our other engineers, would say to me, uh, you're not a vegetarian at all. Vegetarians don't eat fish? The, no. I, I think that there's there's a particular term. I'm a pescatarian. We must do this. Uh-huh. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Maybe oh, summer. Totally. Okay. And then he yelled at me for wearing leather That's shoes. Otherwise, it was a great... <laughs> I said to him, oh, this is, I mean, talk about not talking about anything having to do with the show, but... Um, I had said something to him about the fact that I bought my first pair of like leather boots when I was pregnant with my oldest, uh, my my second, because I was freezing. Mm-hmm. It was a really cold winter, and she was a winter baby, and I couldn't get warm. I said, and I just, I was sick of being, like, I was sick of my extremities being cold. And he says to me, so you killed a cow? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Stan. We miss you, Stan. Now let's talk about those winter winter desserts. Yeah. 
So they're inspired by like things that you'll find, fresh produce that you'll find in the winter. Okay. The sweet potato bread pudding is really, really awesome. That it's looks like, amazing. Yeah. It it's looks really, amazing. It's really good. Can we do that as a side dish for like yeah, a Shabbos? Yeah, yeah. It's Does like, it reheat well? Yeah, for sure. It's like a sweet potato pie, but it's like bread pudding style. Amazing. It tastes like that. It's really good. The creme caramel is like really surprisingly easy. It's like orange spiced. It looks great. And it's like- And it has- is Yeah. That, is that a kumquat? It's a kumquat on top. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. They served kum- <clears throat> Excuse me. They served kumquats in Florida- um, as part of our Tu B'Shvat celebration oh, okay. for Team Yachad. I'm like, kumquat, the unknown of the Shiva Haminim. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ellie Hagler. Um, and then we go on to this. What's with my throat? And then we go on to the sandwich cookie. Yeah. Which, by the way, not everybody would put in a picture like this of things in motion or like in the process. But I was like, good for you guys. It's, yeah. Because this think, is fun. Yeah. I think it's fun. We did it. We did it also with the latkes last time. Right. I really love right, doing right, right. such pictures because it makes, it makes it more approachable. Yeah. I think a lot of times you see like the perfect picture and then you're like, okay, I can't do that. A lot of people tell me. Right. Oh, I can't do that. It looks too good. Two words. Martha uh, Stewart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, then you, and then you don't achieve that level of perfection. Yeah. You're totally disappointed. You want to have nothing to do exactly. with it. You call so, it a day. Yeah. So showing the process. Right. It's just fun. You know, makes it more approachable. So we have the classic chocolate sandwich cookie with vanilla frosting, mm-hmm. otherwise known as an Oreo. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and then you have all these tips. You have the ginger Oreo with cinnamon, which is what you mentioned. Yeah. The strawberry shortcake sandwich cookie. And the mint chocolate chip sandwich cookie yeah. for the one person who likes mint chocolate chip. <laughs> the, uh, Rami, really? Why? You like eating toothpaste? Why? I don't. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, no. mint and chocolate do go. We have I the mint know. chocolate popcorn. That's true. With the, with, that's true. But for some reason, <laughs> oh, that you wouldn't. <laughs> now there he draws the line. I was going to say, oh, ma- maybe that's what I'll bring next time. <laughs> <laughs> this is the man who leaves the bag of half-eaten uh, animal crackers in the studio. <laughs> There's no way that's not yours, by the way. Now, here's here's the only thing in the entire, entire issue I question. <laughs> the chocolate Parmesan panini. Now, for the, again, for those of you who are just tuning in, I am uh, talking about the February-March 2013 issue of Joy of Kosher with our editor, Shifra Klein, who is really, I mean, elevating kosher magazines and kosher cooking to a whole new level. She and Jamie and everyone else who's involved in the process that puts out joy of kosher. I mean, just every single every single part of it. But now I, I come here. <laughs> I come to the back page where, by the way, a lot of us, I mean, I don't know how you feel about magazines. I always start on the back page. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. That's why we like want to make it interesting. Right. So that's why I saw this and I'm like, okay. And I then flipped to the front of the magazine <laughs> to see what else was going on. But tell me, you got to talk to me about this. Okay. So... I was I interviewed Brent Thelman from the Cheese Guy. Oh, sure. The cheese. He okay. helped us with the cheese pairings. So that whole section with the cheese was right. from him. And he had mentioned that chocolate and Parmesan is a very surprising ingredient that goes together. And so we're Did not you look at about, him like he had three heads? What? Did you look at him like he had three heads? I'm not surprised heads? anymore. I mean, after going huh. to Pardis and you know okay. all right, trying all that. these things. Good point. So I'm open minded. Good for you. Okay. And I usually am also. <laughs> but when I first saw the shavings, I'm like what is that? And then it says Parmesan. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But okay, I'm listening. Well, like the popcorn, we really, we all tried it and it really does work. It's like uh, bittersweet chocolate, which isn't so sweet. Right. And then the Parmesan is like salty and and it really goes well with it. It really brings out each other's flavor, complements each other in a very interesting way. It's something interesting to try. 
um, of rum. I'll vouch for it. Would you try? I mean, try it for this. I will bring in a panini grill, and we will totally be making. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty finicky. Oh, with food, you yeah. know, so like half the things that you talked about, I probably wouldn't try. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's not that, it's me, you know. <laughs> oh, that's like when you break up with a girl, it's not me, it's not you, it's me, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not for everyone, but if you want to try something interesting and new, it's it's really cool. I do want to try something interesting and new, and I'm I'm totally not, like, I'm a big believer in I'll try anything once. I don't know that I would try that one once. <laughs> I, there's just, you know, and I hear about it being on the croissant. Like, I don't know if putting it on a baguette would be the same feeling. Right. I think you need that flakiness. You need that, like. Yeah, it worked. It worked with a croissant, but it would work with a baguette, too. I mean, that's what he recommended. Oh, really? Yeah. Then we decided huh. to try it on a croissant, like almost like a chocolate croissant with, like, a hint of cheese. So basically, you went to Costco, bought them in bulk, those croissants, and. Actually not. <laughs> really? That's how I would have handled it until I got it right. You never buy those flats of croissants at, at Costco? I don't even go to Costco. Why? You want to save yourself $500 in goods you don't actually need? Exactly. You don't want to buy well yourself said. an engagement ring and a casket in the same place? Why? Why? It is an understand. awesome place. It is an awesome place. You know that my theory about, about Costco is that it's the ultimate shit date. Because you can buy an engagement ring, and if you make it around the entire store and still want to spend time that's with each really, other, that's a good point. Yeah, just get your ring on the way out and call that it a day. That is a very good point. It's only, I'm telling you, it's only a matter of time yeah. before there's like you know justice of the peace in there. Yeah. Um, and then we did this whole. Um, right. It was very interesting. Um, oh, you're on that. Page. Oh, well, tell me where you want to go. Um, keeping kosher in Iran. Oh, which was yeah. So by the way, yeah. All right, you know, let's. Uh, you want to talk about that now, or you want to talk about the cowboy style? We can talk about cowboy style. Um, cowboy style was our. Feast. Which only makes me want to say Gangnam Style. But <laughs> <laughs> the qu- oh, now he wants to look at the issue. He it sounds you- like there's some sort of steak or other barbecue uh, thing there, right. cowboy style. Yeah. Okay. So there has qu- to be. That's more my thing. Yeah. All right. And cheese and chocolate. This is the boy who eats bread and water when he comes into the studio, and on occasion because tea. we don't have steak and ribs. If we had steak and ribs, <laughs> I'd eat that. Yeah, we have steak and ribs. Uh, yeah. All right. You know what? That's not one. Uh, that's not one addition I'm making to the fridge. Okay. Quick and kosher, and then we'll talk about Iran. You're listening to That's Life by the way, for those of you who are just tuning in. You're listening to That's Life on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, joined by Shifra Klein, editor of Joy of Kosher Magazine. We are talking about the February-March 2013 issue, and we are literally on page 34. <laughs> we are the quick and kosher cowboy style. So talk to me. This is your Purim feast. Yes. So Jamie um, actually did the article, mm-hmm. and um, it was inspired by her. I guess she's doing like a Purim theme. And, you know, similar to, I guess, that family who dressed up like you know, they were prisoners getting right. out bread and water. So it's cute when your Purim meal will like go together with what you're doing. Oh, so they're dressing so, up. Okay. I so guess they're doing a whole cowboy. Anybody theme. who's going to the Gellers. Yeah. <laughs> you need to know. So there's really right. incredible food. So exciting and very much cowboy style, like right. chili and, and, um, a great brisket. Uh, the coastal was really interesting. Something different. Actually, this inspired and, me by the way yeah. for this Shabbos oh. because it's Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, okay. so I said, yeah, this meal would go good. Right. Too. So I'm like, dude, this is Shabbos lunch. <laughs> I'm making chili and, you know, the, all this other stuff that is. Yeah. And un- the chili has a little bit of cocoa powder. Right. Talking about chocolate and savory. Which I love. It does work. It does work. I've done it before. I have a vegetarian chili recipe that called for cocoa powder and it adds a depth. Yes. It's it's great. So chocolate and Parmesan are not so bad. We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> all right. You know, listen, I trust We're putting you. it in chili. So. I trust you. And also I have... Um, this is going to sound a little bit gross to some people, including a rummy. I'm just warning you. I have Tabasco chocolate. Oh, wow. Yeah, there we go. A rummy's like, oh, that's not bad. 
Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it is chocolate with a with a it's a bitter That's Mexican yep. style. Yeah, uh, it's got a little bit of a kick in it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I like the most about it is you really can only eat one piece. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something like you're downing, right? No, no. So we once piece. actually did um, a chocolate chili tart, like a chocolate tart, right? And it had a little bit of chili in it. Nice. So because we've eat, we had a dessert once, I forgot which restaurant it was in. It was so interesting. You're eating the chocolate, and then in the back of your throat, you feel like spiciness or like a that heat, chili flavor, right? the heat. And it really like complements the chocolate. Nice, it, it, yeah, it works. That is, and I love the fact that there are multiple Brussels sprout recipes. Yeah, Brussels sprouts are really yeah. And your ode to Kostras and Brussels sprouts in there, right. which I thought was great. Um, but we only have a couple minutes left, so let's talk about okay. keeping kosher in Iran. Because I want you to know that as soon as I saw Iran, I'm like, keeping kosher is the least of the problem. It's like keep, <laughs> keeping your head down and not getting well, it chopped do, off we, in Iran. It's our it's our art it's our um article titled keeping kosher in and we do different right no 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 i know yeah. that i know that but i'm telling you <laughs> so it's more than just it was more than just keeping kosher it was more about a little we right. did discuss the culture at least glickman she's a writer from la so she did all the research and she got in touch la has such a big persian community so it was right a great place to research so she did um all the research about it and then we also had um i never get her name right but she's the author of the persian recipes from the non-persian bride Okay. Raina Semnegar. 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 S-I-M-N-E-G-A-R. She's kosherpersianfood.com. Yeah. So she also provided us with authentic Persian recipes that follow, which is great with the whole Purim theme. No, I thought it was very, very very cool. Yeah, very interesting. And it's really what we try to do is not just, besides food, also bringing in, you know, the kosher culture and how people... Keep kosher in other places. Right. So very, I, yeah. I, I thought it was very, very cool. And of course, I appreciated the fact that you explained what each one was yeah. next, to, <laughs> next to its Persian title. Because exactly. Lord knows my, my Persian is not that great um, or existent at all. But the yeah. other thing I was going to say is I would have loved to know actually how to pronounce it without sounding like a total hick. Oh, a pronunciation okay. key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Like, po- like I'm right now, I'm saying like Polo Lape. P O L O. I know we could have put that. Like, oh, I definitely sound like I definitely sound like a Lou yeah, saying yeah. it this way. There's something seriously wrong here. Well, either way, I am looking forward to making Shabbos. <laughs> oh, and of course, you know, the bubbly cocktails yeah. liven up the perm celebrations. Um. Yeah. There. There. This issue. I know. I sound pathetic, but this no, issue. Thank you. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I look forward to it. I see that the issue comes in the mail. I'm excited to see it, and you never let me down. Thank you. Never and, let yeah, me down. Whoever wants to subscribe at joyofkosher.com. Yeah. And by the way, if you haven't already, what are you waiting for? Good point. There you go. Anyway, <laughs> Schiffer Klein, thank you so much for joining thank me. You for and we look me. forward to bringing you and Stephen and food right? and food back <laughs> <laughs> back next time. When's the next one coming out? Uh, we're doing Pesach. Oh, it's, stress, uh, stress, yeah. stress. Okay. That. Really not. It's an organic issue. It's going to be really cool. Really? Yeah. So this is basically everything you ate at home as a kid. Totally. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Schiffer Klein, thank you so much. You're okay. listening to That's Life on the Nachum Siegel Network. I am Miriam L. Wallach, and we are ready for our next guest. A crowd has gathered here at the Nachum Siegel Network oh, wow. studios here on the Lower East Side. You can hear various voices in the background. Why, you may ask? Because... It's Chocolate Cake Day. If For those of you who are keeping track at home, Rabbi Yehoshua Marchuk from NCSY Alumni. What's your official title, by the way? Director of Alumni Connections. Excuse me. Anyway, um, I Rabbi Marchuk joined me on the air a while ago when I first announced that I was going to be running with Team Yachad in the Miami Marathon. And he promised me that, one second, we got to, don't wait, just give Is her it? give her a piece. 
Give her a piece. Give her, um, give her the flower also because she's late. I mean, you know, we gotta. She's she's gonna be late. Okay. Anyway, but we just, you just. I am on the you air. You just went straight to the punchline. It's unbelievable. It's fine. It's fine. The cake is amazing because Rabbi Marchuk had promised me that after I finished running the half marathon in Miami, regardless of my time, though I did beat Ellie Hagler, um, I was going to get chocolate cake because it was National Chocolate Cake Day on Sunday of the marathon. And lo and behold, true to his word. <laughs> That is one sizable picture. <laughs> give the woman a give her, give her a she fork. Needs a, fork. a fork. There you go. Um, true to his word, Rabbi Marchuk joins me here in the studio with my cake, and I want you to yes, thank you very much. And by the way, I will be posting Here's the, to picture. the cake. Here's <laughs> to the cake. There we go. I'm telling you, what makes this man happy so quickly is somebody who talks about food and actually brings it. Avrami, what was your time at the marathon? That's what I was just curious about. He um, was, uh, I was moral support. Moral <laughs> support. Ah. I, I was I was actually um, tuned in to make sure that the uh, the uh, the engineering and that Correct. stuff went well. Oh, so okay. I had I was part of the technical support. Your support team. It was the okay. wind beneath my wings, so Very to speak. Good. I was thinking about him the entire time. And by the way, I did not think you'd come through with the chocolate cake, but I'm so happy you did. We... <laughs> We've, and David's like, all right, cake. Well, they see it's not just it's not just the chocolate cake. You understand? Well, it has since a pink we flower. did, we since we did discuss the fact that this past Sunday was National Chocolate Cake Day. Correct. That I went ahead and uh, picked up the cake as I promised, and the woman said to me, "I said to her, as much chocolate as I could possibly get into this cake. That's what I want." <laughs> Says, "Okay, I got what you're looking for, but I want to congratulate MLW on this cake, and it shows her exact time of two hours, twenty three minutes, and sixteen seconds, yes. and we are very proud of her. Extremely." proud of her. Ellie's is about an hour and a half longer than that. He got it? there on Monday. On Monday. Right. Okay. <laughs> He's one of those people where they're like, dude, marathon over. Your time doesn't count anymore. No, I'm just kidding. I think he was like three minutes behind, but as I said to uh, Matis, Matis Weingast, our host of JM Sunday, that in real people world, three minutes is nothing, five minutes is nothing. But in the world of a runner, it's an hour. <laughs> There's a real time. It was like Yosef Siegel found out that he had thought that his time was different than he originally thought that it was and he's like wow i'm only eight minutes behind you i'm like dude eight minutes is amazing and call a vote to you but hello eight minutes is a lifetime right. um yeah so but i'm so excited all right so Very cut good. the cake all right here we well um, actually no this is your cake thank you, you. Cut the cake not even my birthday unbelievable I know. when is your birthday again september we should also just keep in mind that i usually buy my own cake for my birthday so we may just hold on to this for september um, there's this little thing called Passover in between. Let's oh, not let that bother us. Right. And I'm sorry. We already started talking about that because I'm not at all <coughs> tense about Yuntif, that I'm not exactly sure what I'm doing for Yuntif. By the way, Rabbi Dave Felsenthal and uh, Talia Rona. And Talia Rona also ran with Team uh, NCSY alumni, which is who I right. officially represented. So I would just like to say that me and my time did pretty well for on behalf of NCSY alumni. And thank you very, very much to everyone who sponsored me for the race, we ended up raising $6,000. Unbelievable. Um, which you. is very exciting. And uh, we were actually about $19 short. And Stephen Wallach um, checked, my <laughs> checked my page and saw that I was $19 short and then posted another $20 and wrote something to the effect of, may you always exceed your goals. Beautiful. Isn't that nice? That is really mm, nice. I know. It's a little corny, but I liked it. Um, Are you it having was... a, a husband-wife moment right now? I was. I was. I was. Because he usually you know, wants to kill me. So um, <laughs> not that you can blame him. I mean, how could you blame the man? But uh, no, it was very, very nice of him. And thank you to our listeners. Thank Hannah Foxman. I mean, you know, just our listeners who are constantly supportive of different things that we do. 
we um, they all came out in support, and I really appreciate it. So six thousand dollars was raised for Team Yachad, and we had we're 190 plus runners strong. There were 300 wow. people for Shabbos. It was, and by the way, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal weekend. Ellie Hagler, Jeff Lichman, Sarah Pollock, their entire team. Kol Hakavot to everyone at Yachad for really doing an exceptional job. Tremendous. And Kol Hakavot to you because you went out of your way to go ahead and let this event be known to so many people out there. And we really appreciate everything you've done for us. Well, by the way, if we're all being mocked your tov, and I thank you for thanking you for thanking you, <laughs> but you're the one who told me to do it in the first place. So props to you. Okay, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Rabbi Marchuk, thank you so much for my cake. My pleasure. I really appreciate it. And um, if I get a cake next year, I would run again. <laughs> We got the order already placed. <laughs> the more chocolate, the better. Thank you very, very much. You're listening to That's Life on the Nahum Siegel Network. And we are ready for our third and final guest. Gary Landsman, director of PR at Royal Wines, joins us on what Royal Wine, I guess. Is it Royal Wine or Royal Wines, Gary? Uh, should I clarify the, the title? Oh, yeah, too? please. I, I do all I, kinds of marketing here as well. But then again, you know, despite the fact that we've grown as a company, we, we still run much like a small family-run company. And though, though I have a title, which I'm not a big believer in titles, I like to think of myself as uh, a man who wears many different hats and helps <laughs> out all over the place. Okay, well, Gary Landsman, a man who wears many different hats and hel- helps out all over the place at Royal Wine, joins us on the air right now to talk about an event this Monday night, which I am so ridiculously excited about for so many reasons, I can't wait. But the Kosher Food and Wine Experience 2013 takes place this February 4th on Monday. And uh, Gary, thanks for joining me. It's my absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. A pleasure. So I have never been to the event before. You are in for an incredible treat, Miriam. Tell me what I'm looking forward to. Tell me what I'm looking forward to. Tell you what you can look forward to. You know, it's it's been amazing. This is going to be the seventh year that we're doing this kosher food and wine experience, the CFWE, and we've really seen it grow. And it was it was initially done in uh, in in the in the wine industry. What people will often have is they have what's called their portfolio tastings. And so they'll invite their customers, their customers will come down, and it gives the, the wine store owners and the liquor store owners the opportunity to taste through the entire portfolio in one day, which is a really unique opportunity. Okay. And what we originally decided was we said, you know what, as long as we're bringing in winemakers and we're opening up all these wines, why don't we create kind of a consumer portion as well? Because we know that the interest in wine is growing. Right. So seven years ago, we had a few hundred people show up, and for the first few years, it grew in popularity. And, and, and the show really took on a new face when we said, you know, we call this a kosher food and wine. Why don't we do a little bit more to incorporate food into the event? And we invited caterers and gourmet food makers and restaurants to come join us at this event. And that's when this event really, really went to the next level. This, uh, fortunately for us and unfortunately for anyone out there who hasn't already bought a ticket, this is the third year in a row that we've sold out about a week ahead of time. Unbelievable. So please, I, I hope that most of your listeners got their tickets early and are coming and, and are just salivating. The last time I went to a sold-out event, I, I would have said the Haas concert, but I didn't even get tickets to that. So uh, <laughs> You, Miriam, couldn't get tickets to that? Nope. With all your police. <laughs> Talk to me next time. Yeah, I'll I was about I to say, I think I, I think I called the wrong person. Um, but no, that's, you know, it, it's... I, I think it's a testament to just how far kosher food has come and how elevated our palates have become. The fact that an event like this is sold out in advance, not the morning of. But yeah. also it's a testament just to not only to the consumer, but to the the man behind the industry or the people behind the industry who who are committed to making kosher food better than it has been. 
Yeah, you know, we, 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 we have no disrespect to the, to the kosher cookbook authors that have been writing cookbooks for the last 10 and 20 years, but there are some pioneering chefs out there, uh, both on the catering side, on the restaurant side, and, and some even, I think, behind the scenes who are really, really pushing the envelope. You know, one of the themes that, that attendees this year who are coming are going to see is bacon. Oh. So, of course, you know, as, as, as good Yidin, none of us really know what right. bacon tastes like. Maybe we walk by the corner bodega and we smell the, bo- the, the, the bacon inside frying and, and we're just wondering, oh, if only I could taste it. I guess I can only speak for myself in saying that. But I used to live right around the corner and I'd even go in and get a cup of coffee from this one place and I always had the smell of bacon and I said, if only, if only, if only. Well, sure enough, there's now beef fry bacon and lamb bacon and all different kinds of bacon. Unreal. And, and it's become a very popular item. One of and my thoughts, not to interrupt you, but talking about bacon, and I, and I don't mean to interrupt, but in, talk, in terms of pioneering restaurants, my husband and I, we just talked about this in the, in the first part of the show, my husband and I love going to parties. And parties one of his, one one, and that's it. And one of the, his Mike favorite. Wendell, Moses Wendell is, 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 is one of a group. You He's know, unbelievable. I, I, I put a Seth Warshaw in there. I right. put uh, an Ari White in there. Um, I mean, you really have some incredible chefs that are really taking things to the next level. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's special. It's really, it's, it's fabulous. You know, it's nice to have uh, the food of our, of our ancestry. You know, we were all, or many of us come from Eastern Europe, and it's right. nice to have kugel, and it's nice to have cholent. But, you know, I, I mentioned Ari White. Ari White has multiple companies that he started. Ari White comes from Texas, and he does an amazing job of smoking various meats. And we're talking real, true Texas smoking. But he's also <laughs> got his, his cholent company. And, and this is not just standard Eastern European cholent. He does all kinds of interesting, unique things with cholent. Um, I mean, you're talking duck confit cholent. What? No way. Yes way. That's craziness. He's got a Moroccan lamb dauphina. He's got his, his what he calls his, fro- his French chodlint which is a, a cassoulet with duck confit. Wow. He, he's got his Texas smokehouse cholent, of course, because, you know, you can take the boy out of Texas, but you can't take the Texas out of the boy. I hear that. <laughs> uh, and, and he's doing just, I mean, really, That's really incredible stuff. Um, you know, we, we have some new restaurants that are coming that we're excited about. Like I, what? I speak, can we talk spoke, about yeah, those? I, well, of course. I, you know, I, I speak about um, uh, pioneering chefs. There, there's, there's some guys down in Philadelphia, just really, really incredible guys. And they just opened up a brand-new restaurant called Citron and Rose. The, the chef there is a guy by the name of Michael Solomonov. Sweet, sweet, fabulous guy. And I'm not just saying that because I want him to count me for food every time I go there because <laughs> the food is so darn delicious. When he are really you taking happens me? He really to be a yep. this amazing guy. And, and, and Citron and Rose is a new restaurant. Now, now, they're very, very new, and they're based out of Philadelphia, but they hear about the incredible crowds that we have, and they want, they want everyone to know, hey, guys, if you happen to take that hour-and-a-half, two-hour drive down the turnpike, right. uh, come see us, because we have high-end dining options for you in Philadelphia as well. Wow. And, and, and you know, when I mentioned him in Philadelphia, we have people that, that come to this event from all up and down the eastern seaboard, and Canada. I've got people, I, and I'm sorry, in California. I've got people from Canada, from California, literally from the Midwest that come specifically for this event. There, but don't a, you do an event in L.A.? We do. We do an event in L.A. as well. But they, what can I tell you? There's some hardcore guys. I've got, I've got some <laughs> New York buddies that are going to be at the show on Monday, and they're going to be flying out there to go uh, attend the show out there on Wednesday as well. Wow. So, you know, wow. and, and I think that, again, that, that goes back to what you were saying before, that the consumer is developing a more sophisticated right. palate, is expecting better foods, and, and thankfully we've got these cutting-edge chefs that, that really are, that they're, they're delivering. 
They're That's... not just giving us the same old brisket. And sure, let me let me let me give. And don't get me wrong, I love me some good brisket. You know, there, <laughs> there's some terrific stuff out there. It's not your it's, mother's it's, Bernstein's anymore. Yeah, you said it. You yeah, know, it's nice to have cool, exciting stuff. I mean, you know, I'm I'm going through the menu here, and, and we do have our menu online, by the way. For, oh, wait, wait a minute. Wanna. Where am I looking? Where am A-F-W-E I looking? KFWE2013.com. Okay. K as in kosher, F as in food, W as in wine, E as in experience. KFWE2013.com. And there's a little box towards the top left corner where you will see tasting guide. You can click on that. And what you've got to do is with your mouse, you have to either grab the, little, the bottom corners and flip the pages, or I believe sometimes with the arrows it works, and you can flip through the pages. I mean, I'm looking, one caterer is coming. He's serving... Uh, spicy salmon tartare. He's doing sesame crusted seared ahi tuna. Oh my gosh! He's doing short rib sliders. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. Basil restaurant is doing a whole crudo bar. Do you know what a crudo bar is? I actually do. Well, I did not know what a crudo bar is, and I can tell you, I love raw fish. Uh, crudo bar is raw fish, and right. he's doing three different kinds of crudo. Uh, he's got uh, Arctic char, and he's got Icelandic cod crudo. Unreal. Um, See, now you're speaking my language because I don't eat meat. So while we're talking about the bacon, and I know I'm a disappointment to my parents no, as well. No, not a dis- um, You know, I, as much as I love to call myself a busser freak, um, <laughs> I, I will often reserve my meat eating to when I drink my red wine, which typically is Shabbos, is Friday night. See, but During I like, I mean. I try and eat a little bit more healthy, and, and I love fish. People, people who know me know that I can have salmon for breakfast, salmon for lunch, and salmon for dinner. So maybe basically. Maybe for breakfast it's lox. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe for lunch it's, uh, it's going to be like, uh, I don't know, a, a sushi or something. And then at dinner I'll grill myself a piece of salmon and I, and I couldn't be any happier I you and I are speaking the same language there um, there are a number of of uh, attendees I'm sure on Monday night who are either macro or they're uh, or they have very specific needs because of um, you know an allergy to this an allergy to that is there is are there menus that are being provided or are there items that are being provided that cater Again, because there are so many people who have gluten allergies, are there items that are being presented Monday night that cater to that niche as well? You know, that's, that's a great question. And the unfortunate answer is that we really didn't put any restrictions, in, and, and, and we probably are going to have a hard time appealing to them. And, 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 and you and I are, are, I think, salivating over the food options, and we haven't even gotten to talk about some of the wine options. What I can tell you is we do just right off the bat, as soon as you said, you know, nut-free or gluten-free, um, you made me think of uh, Finchies by Aunt Rashi. Pitchies oh. by Aunt Rashi makes these incredible, incredible desserts. Right. So she has her chocolate brownie torte and her decadent chocolate mousse and her sugar-free, low-fat, decadent chocolate mousse. And, I mean, this stuff is it's, it's sinful, and, but it does happen to be it's dairy-free. Obviously, it's all parv. This right. is a flaschic event, so anyone that's coming is serving stuff that are obviously either parv or, or flaschics. Right. Um, and she has low-fat options that you wouldn't know you put this thing in your mouth. And I mean, she uses the word decadent, and, and I, I can't think of a better descriptor. I feel like it I need really to is. fast Monday. Yeah, you know, I, I've thought about trying that fasting mode, but I learned that it just shrinks my stomach, and then it limits what I can get in when I want to get the food. Oh. And I, got, I have to start training. So I have to wise. Start training now, eating big meal and stretching my stomach out a little bit so that I can get everything in in time. So wise. It's a different kind of marathon training, but um, but but it's important. So we only have a couple minutes left, but tell me some of the wa- new wines that we're looking at, because I have to be honest, I'm not a white wine drinker. I am a red wine drinker. I love a good Merlot. I don't even love a Cab. 
I really love a good Merlot. So tell me what I'm looking forward to. Well, you know, I, I, I do hope that you come around to the white wine, and, and, and you are in the majority. I can tell you that we sell a lot of Cabernet here, and we also sell a lot more Cabernet here. And then, and then, and then when someone's in the mood for something, well, they'll even buy some Cabernet. <laughs> so Cab is king. People love their Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, it's a great, big, robust wine, and it, and it goes well with our buster. I mean, we talk about our meat-loving people out there. Everyone loves Cabernet and meat. It's just a fabulous, fabulous pairing. Um, there are new Merlots. You know, we've got this a new line of wines from Tsion Winery called 1848. Okay. He's got a Merlot, and he's doing his, his Generation 2 and Generation 5, and that's going to be some really interesting stuff to taste. Um, you know, we've got some new wines coming in from two boutique wineries that just actually converted from Israel to, to, to kosher uh, wineries really? in 2010. There, there are, believe it or not, a lot of boutique wineries in Israel that don't have full hashkachas, huh. uh, or, or some who don't even have any hashkacha. Wow. And, yeah, this is news to some people, but, but there's some top, top boutique wineries that, for one reason or another, from a business decision or family decision or personal decision, who knows, I try not to get into the politics too much, right. were not kosher for a while, now they are kosher. Two that, the two that come to mind were Flam and Tulip, and uh, what they've gone ahead and done is since they converted to kosher in 2010, last year we were able to introduce the wineries at, at KFWE 2012 for the first time with some of their wines that were ready early. Well, now that they've had enough time to sit in the barrel and be released, the reserve wines are coming. So you mm. mentioned Merlot. Flam makes a gorgeous, gorgeous Merlot. Uh, they also happen to make a beautiful reserve Cabernet and reserve Shiraz that are quite spectacular as well. Um, Tulip also is coming out with, uh, with what they call their mostly wines and their reserve wines. So Tulip has, uh, uh, they, on their mostly, they've got a Cab Franc. Cab Franc is, is often one of these, you know, these geeky favorite wines. It's not quite Cabernet Sauvignon, and it's not quite Merlot. That's funny. It's got different characteristics to it. Uh, Tsuba, we're really excited. Tsuba's coming in with a Pinot Noir. You know, we haven't really had a high-end Pinot Noir from Israel, and it's a little bit controversial. People aren't always sold, hey, should Israel really be making Pinot Noir? Is that because well, they can't grow the right grape? Or? You know, Pinot Noir is a very finicky grape, and, and if, if it gets too hot, it tends to damage the skin of the grape, and the, and the, the ultimate uh, flavor of the wine typically um, is a little bit stewed, is, is, is a little bit not necessarily what Pinot Noir should be. And so people aren't always uh, thrilled with the results of the different Pinot Noirs that, are, that come from hot climates. But Suba seems to have figured out a way to do it. I mean, we find that, that areas within the Judean hills ha- are incredibly high altitudes. And what these high altitudes mean is that basically it gets nice and cool at night, which is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful for, for wine grapes. Well, I can't wait. I also hope there's a little bit of port there Monday night. But most importantly, Gary, out of all this, I hope I get to meet you face to face. I look forward, or at least, or at least glass to glass. Egg, oh, we are speaking the same language. Gary, thank you so much for joining me. For those of you My who did pleasure. not buy your tickets, make sure not to miss out next year on the Coaster Food and Wine Experience 2014. I'm sure those dates will be available soon. Well, thanks so much, Miriam. Thanks, and my best to everybody at Royal Wine. You got it. I'll give big hugs. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. You got it. You've been Bye-bye. listening to That's Life on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Miriam L. Wallach. Thank you for making us part of your day. Let's quickly go through the lineup because I'm about to get the clip from Avrami when he tells me to get off the air. Uh, we have a full afternoon of programming, as always, right after That's Life. It's something to talk about with Randy Wartelski, followed by an encore presentation of Rivka Abbey. And then the OU presents the Jewish Reaction with Ellie Hagler with a... Team Yachad Marathon Roundup. And then, you're not going to believe this, but the stunt show is being hosted by Mark Zamek. Yup, 
Solid gold, folks, because as you know what we say about the stunt show, you never know what you're going to get. Thursday Night Extravaganza from 7 to 8, only on the stream, followed by Spin Class Politics with Michael Fragan, where he introduces his new intern, and Book of Life with Charlie Harari at 9 p.m., finally closing the day with The Jewish Soul by Charlie Burnhout. Tomorrow morning, join Nachum from 6 to 9 as he hosts JM the AM, followed by the premiere of Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. We are thrilled about this new show and officially welcome Naomi to the network. Don't miss Saturday Night Seagull, hosted by our one only of Rummy. 10 p.m. on the stream, NachumSiegel.com. This show will be rebroadcast Sunday at 1 p.m. on NachumSiegel.com. I'd like to thank Schiffer Klein from JoyofKosher.com, Rabbi Yoshua Marchuk with my cake, and Gary Landsman from Royal Wine. And finally, my thanks to Avrami and to Yael Lassen, both who make this show happen every single week. Avrami, what are we closing with? We are closing with a Miami Boys Choir from Torah Today, Ode Yashama. It's an off-the-back-wall kind of a selection. It was just something I was in the mood for. Thanks again to everyone who supported me for Team Yachad. I really appreciate it. I leave you today with this cut. I hope you guys enjoy it. That's life, everybody. Bateavon. Bye, guys.
Yerushalayim.